Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right in the heart of New York City. So we've got so much on the agenda today. We've got Charlemagne the God telling Biden to shut the F up because he kills all of us. We're going to get to that in a minute. But we also have new music from our buddy Bryson Gray. So check that out. Check out Bryson Gray's new music. And for those of you that think AOC raises some good points despite not delivering it well, eh, no, you're wrong. You're terribly wrong. Perdiste ahí. You lost that one. AOC doesn't have a point on anything. If she was really called the uh, effing B word by a congressman, then sure, she's got a point on that. But outside of that, her trying to uh, soften the blow to deliver communism or a, a soft version of socialism doesn't do you or me or our children or the future of this country any favors. Yes, I'm always going to point to Cuba and Venezuela and other countries where socialism's failed because guys like Bernie Sanders, AOC's communist grandpa, are always going to point to Denmark, the Netherlands, Sweden. And the reality is that these are not socialist countries. They may have some socialized health care, but by and large, they rely on capitalism just like everybody else does for the most part. So again, no, AOC doesn't raise a single point that's worth listening to. If you want to listen to it, go right ahead. But demilitarizing the police, okay, that's fair if you don't want a SWAT team patrolling your street. I get it. I live in the suburbs. If I lived in a urban area that's right now crime-ridden, then yeah, guess what? I do want a SWAT team patrolling. I'd like a SWAT team on every corner to make sure that they get the bad guys before the bad guys get me and my kids and my family. Now, I'm not making an excuse to have a militarized police force on our streets for a police state for Big Brother. No, I don't want that. You know me. I, I'm the guy that says an armed society is a polite society. I think oftentimes we have to police ourselves. And quite frankly, that's honestly what I think happens in the hood, if you will. Oftentimes, the cops just don't go into the hood. We saw it happen in Camden, New Jersey. There was so much crime, yet the cops didn't want to go in. Frequently, they didn't want to go in. Why? Well, because it was dangerous. People would throw refrigerators off the roof. People would attack them, kind of like what we're seeing in these riots right now in Portland and in Seattle and uh, here in New York City. Cops don't want to get hurt. They want to go home at the end of their shift. So what happens? In these urban centers where crime is on the upswing, right now in New York, 220% increase in crime, looking at today's Epic Times. That's crazy. But the reason being is because when the police are not there, if you defund or abolish the police, people police themselves. 
It doesn't mean that the good guys will always win. I mean, here in New York City, there was that terrible case of a woman who told some people to to step off and ended up getting shot. They policed her. So we don't want the bad guys to police themselves and overrun the community where we're killing moms. No, of course not. It should be the other way around. But my point is, when you eliminate law and order, when you don't have civility, people will police themselves. And the big fish will eat the little fish. So it's so important that we organize and ensure that we are the big fish. I hope that makes sense. Again, I'm at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on Instagram, and on Parlor. Parlor right now is a wide open bastion of free speech where you can say what you mean and not get throttled and not get shadow banned. So do me a favor, keep it locked right there, right where you are, because Attorney General Barr is testifying in front of Congress right now, ripping the Dems a new one, and I want to bring you the best update that we can on that. It's actually happening right now, so I don't know how much audio we'll have from it, but I want to get to that Joe Biden getting sent to hell by Charlemagne the God, and a little bit more anti-Hispanic stuff coming from the Biden campaign, so don't move a muscle. I'll be right back. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. This is America. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to be at the forefront of fighting and curing deadly diseases, developing and using tools and technologies the world doesn't even know exist, or defending your country, fighting disasters, and seeking adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The U.S. Army is a team of a million unique and powerful individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Nowhere else on earth provides you with the training and experience and purpose you can find with the Army because no other team has so many people around the globe with the goal of making the world safer, the country stronger, and the future of their communities better. If you're looking to secure a future for you and your family, ask yourself, what's your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out. Over 150 jobs, one calling. Find your future. Visit GoArmy.com slash NYC. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. You know, we always support sticking to the facts. And that's why I always keep it gangsta with JustFacts.com. JustFacts.com slash rich is where you can go to sign up for the free newsletter. Whenever there's brand new primary source data, they put out reports free of varnish, free of spin. They just give it to you the way it is. JustFacts.com. Check them out. JustFacts.com slash rich if you want the free newsletter. And speaking of the facts... Right now, Attorney General Barr is up in Washington, and he's sharing the facts with America. Are peaceful protests violent, Mr. Attorney General? No. Do peaceful protests destroy businesses? No. Do peaceful protests injure officers? No. Do peaceful protests attack civilians? No. Do peaceful protests burn down buildings? No. I was, you know, the, the video we played, it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch to see that happening in our great country. But there was one, the start of it was almost laughable, where you have the reporter saying, as a building is burning behind him, it's not generally speaking an unruly protest. It's mostly just a protest. I mean, it's almost laughable when you have the reporter saying, 
I guess, I guess he's saying it's not a fire, it's just a burning building. I guess he's saying it's a peaceful burning building. Last December, he testified as well, and we did an entire show on it called Bar Blast's Bogus Narrative. And the bogus narrative is what he said the whole Russia thing was. Now, what I find interesting is that we now know that was the attorney general's reaction to the inspector general's report about Russian collusion, Peter Strzok and his mistress, and so many other people that had so many anti-Trump things to say via text message, yet they said while they were biased in their personal opinions, we don't think they were biased in their work. Since then, we've seen that they maligned General Flynn to the point where it got thrown out of court. I'm not making it up. This is the real deal. Headline after headline that the New York Times put out saying that Trump was uh, urinating on hookers and was in bed with Vladimir Putin have all been disproved and proven to be false. Despite all of that, the president's critics in the media and the president's critics in the Democrat Party, which is pretty much all of them, continue this all out crazy assault to destroy him. The latest news is that Joe Biden is considering Susan Rice, the former national security advisor, as his running mate. Now, what's interesting is that she was probably the only one smart enough from that whole cabal from that January 5th meeting where they plotted to spy on the president, which is now on the record and has been declassified. She was the only one that wrote a memo to file. Now, for those of you who don't do that, that was something I was taught when I worked in the New Jersey state government. That's how government bureaucrats work. When they think something kind of shady is going on, they'll write themselves an email saying, you know, I met with so-and-so today. So-and-so asked me to do this. We did that. We discussed this. It happened in this room and at this time on this floor in this building, X, Y, and Z. These are the people that were present. And they just lay it out there so that should this ever come into question again, they've got proof. Well, lo and behold, Susan Rice did this. And she identified James Comey as the ringleader in that conversation. But we also know from the declassified documents that President Obama said he wanted to go by the book and only wanted to know as much as he needed to know. And Vice President Biden or then Vice President Biden, who was the one that was actually running point on this along with Comey. So there's a bunch that we know now that we didn't know last December Well, we knew, but we didn't have the proof of, you know, it was conjecture at the time. Now we have declassified documents to support that much. And as more documents become declassified, we'll know more of the story. And again, the story's been out there. I mean, Dan Bongino's written two books on it. Mark Levin called this thing out in 2017. The story's out there. But what we now have is tangible declassified documents that can be used and they can be used in hearings, which is what we're going to see. And per Lindsey Graham, in less than a month... Sally Yates is going to be uh, in the hot seat at a uh, congressional hearing. So we're looking forward to that. But speaking of Joe Biden, Joe El Bobo Biden, I'm not sure if he picked or is picking or is even considering Susan Rice because he wants to keep his enemies closer than he can uh, throw them. But what we do know is that he is moving around Spanish speaking campaign workers out of Spanish speaking areas and they're complaining about it. Now, this jibes really, really well with Biden, who recently, and we talked about it on this program, told Charlemagne the God, a New York radio host on a hip hop station, that if you don't vote for me, meaning Joe Biden, then you're not black. Well, you know, Thank you so much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to black media. You I can't do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at six o'clock. Okay. 
Oh, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I- well, Charlemagne has now blasted him back after he called Trump a racist, an out-and-out racist. This is what Charlemagne had to say. Donkey of the day for Thursday, July 23rd goes to the presumptive Democratic nominee for President Joe Biden, uh, Vice President Joe Biden. I really wish Joe Biden would shut the F up forever and continue to act like he's starring in the movie A Quiet Place because as soon as he opens his mouth and makes noise, he gets us all killed. Okay, it's already so many people who are reluctantly only voting for Joe Biden because he's the only option and because Donald J. Trump is that trash. In fact, uh, back in early June, there was a poll done that showed out of people who are registered to vote and would vote for Biden. Thirty seven percent are enthused about voting for Biden, but 60 percent are more enthused about voting against Trump. Now, on the flip side, out of the people who would vote for Trump, 70 percent are enthused about actually voting for Donald. Okay, about actually voting for him. Uh, The rest just want to vote against Biden. Ha ha ha. Man, Joe Biden is just the best. I mean, when he opens his mouth, he really, really does a great job putting his own foot in it. But that's him. Joe El Bobo Biden. So. Biden has made it clear black votes matter. We're just still not sure if black lives matter to Joe Biden. Just like we're not sure about his stance on the Hispanic vote. If he really wanted to turn out the Hispanic vote and get more and more Latinos on board, why wouldn't Joe Biden take his nearly 100 staffers, 90 staffers, and put them in the places where they'd make the most impact? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But that's the case. The night before last... Article comes out from the Tampa Bay Times. Headline, Joe Biden's Florida campaign is suppressing the Hispanic vote. This is based on an internal letter. More than 90 field organizers for the Florida Democratic Party signed on to this letter. A scathing letter Friday was sent to the party's leadership claiming, among other things, that the campaign is, quote, suppressing the Hispanic vote, end quote. Democrats in Florida are saying that Biden is suppressing the Hispanic vote. Those are their words, in particular in central Florida. According to the article, the seven-page internal letter obtained by the Miami Herald contains eight allegations from the field organizers about what they say is a lack of fully actionable field plans, end quote. With 100 days left to go, or 98 or 99 days now, in a battleground state where elections are historically won by thin margins, Florida's Hispanic communities need this effort, according to the organizers. They also claim that the campaign lacks key infrastructure and perpetuates a, quote, toxic work culture that is hurting morale among on-the-ground staffers. One big issue is at least a handful of organizers were recently transferred from a heavily Puerto Rican part of the state to counties with a small percentage of Hispanics. Four out of five Spanish-speaking organizers along the I-4 corridor were moved to northern Florida. So they're moving the Puerto Rican staffers out of areas where they could be most effective. Now, field organizers have added that Input from staffers connected to Puerto Ricans living in Central Florida is often dismissed, claiming that the coordinated campaign of Florida is suppressing the Hispanic vote by removing Spanish-speaking organizers from Central Florida without explanation, 
which fails to confront a system of white-dominated politics we are supposed to be working against as organizers of a progressive party, end quote, according to the letter. Now, according to Jackie Lee, she's the president of the campaign's Florida effort. They're looking forward to discussing these issues with the organizers and getting their feedback as soon as possible. <laughs> what a, uh, I don't know what word to use here. Miércole is what I'm going to go with. I mean, that is such a crock of bull. But that's Biden for you. So Biden's team can't even turn out the Hispanic vote in Florida, which has always had a significant Hispanic population, but has an even more robust Hispanic population now because there are so many people that left the island of Puerto Rico and relocated to Orlando and central Florida because Puerto Rico was unlivable following Hurricane Maria. This begs the question, if Trump is so bad, why would they be suppressing what these Puerto Ricans have to say? Perhaps it's because although all you might see on Instagram or on the news or wherever you look is a picture of Trump throwing paper towels, and that's really all they can ever do. Despite the billions of dollars that Trump sent and a level of relief and aid that's never been used before, he's provided more aid than any other previous natural disaster. And this is according to people I've interviewed from within the government. Despite all of that, there's one thing the Democrats have is President Trump using his wicked jump shot to toss paper towels out when he was in Puerto Rico doing a tour and meeting with people. I know that so many critics of the president and Democrats and the left within the media want to see the president lose. They want to destroy him. They believe that I shouldn't exist. Somebody that supports Trump, that supports conservative values, that supports America because I love this country despite its origins. They believe I shouldn't exist. They believe that I'm part of the problem. But now when you have people that were in Puerto Rico who may not have been Trump supporters, but said, you know what? Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The guy did what he said he was going to do. It was our local government that screwed things up. And now we're here in Florida. And guess what? Things are getting better. He didn't create the coronavirus. People aren't stupid. The Democrats think you're stupid, but I know that you're not stupid. People aren't blind. The Democrats think you're blind, but I know you're not blind. I know when I bump into my buddies that tell me that they're with Trump, that they've made more money in overtime this year than they have ever before, that they've made more money with their business in the last three years during Trump's presidency, that they've benefited from the Trump tax cuts, that they've benefited from Trump rolling back regulations on businesses. Those are real people and they're brown. And guess what? They vote. And even if they want to keep the peace with their aggressive Democrat neighbors, the aggressive progressive types that will ridicule you and dox you and and shout you out and shout you down for saying, hey, you know what? I think the country's better off with Trump than without him. Guess what? They're going to keep their mouth shut because a, a new poll from YouGov, or it's about a week old, says that 62% of Americans don't come clean about how they feel about politics and they feel afraid to speak about it. So what does that tell you? That tells you that Hispanics, blacks, whites, whomever, 
You've got people all over the place. This Black Voices for Trump movement, it's solid. It's real. People want to call them token. They want to call them Uncle Tom. Guess what? Those people are here to stay. They're not going anywhere. People want to talk about hashtag Latinos for Trump. But I really use that to see what type of uh, vitriol is going to come back at me. And it's so funny. I mean, they tell me things. uh, Last week, they uh, decided to say something stupid about my children. Very classy. Very manly. I've also heard uh, that I'm a sellout, un vendido, that I'm an Uncle Tom, Tio Tomas, that I'm a disgrace to our culture. And I think to myself, that's great. One ad hominem attack after the next. People that don't know how to read are trying to insult me. No problem. But there's still no substance. Face to face with these people, I would ask them, what is it that you've accomplished in your life? What are you most proud of in your life? And if you're going to say your children, good for you. I'm proud of my children too. But that's not, I look at that as a blessing, not as an accomplished. That's not something I went out and did for myself. That's something that a family creates and God brings to pass. I'm talking about, is there a business that you started? Some sort of goal that you've achieved? Tell me what you're proud of about you. And let's see if Trump helps or hurts that. I've never met anybody who said, man, I want to be on welfare because I want to get rich. I've never met anybody that said that they wanted to participate in government assistance because, man, federally run healthcare is the best thing there is. Living in the projects, whew, doesn't get better than this. Nobody aspires to live on the plantation of the government. Nobody. Some people get duped into it, but trust me, you give them a little bit of a taste of what it's like to participate in the free market and to do well on their own. Forget doing well, get by. Most people will turn away. In fact, most people I know that have been getting this extra $600 on their unemployment when offered their job back for less money, they took it because they don't want to sit there and have the government support them. Most people respect themselves. I don't care if there's no poll to prove what I'm saying. In 2016 and in years past, there is a lot to be said about enthusiasm. When you have people dropping to the ground from a heat stroke, from exhaustion, from dehydration, because they've spent three days camping outside an arena for a shot at getting into a Trump rally where 7,000, 10,000, 20,000 people are going to be to listen to the president speak because they feel that when the president speaks, he embodies what they're feeling. He gets it, what the media doesn't get. That enthusiasm is just a sampling. You know, in the talk radio world, people always tell me and have told me over the years, don't be led astray by callers. Only one or two percent of the audience actually picks up the phone and ever calls in. So whether you see a lot of callers or a few callers, you're still dealing with that less than five percent of your audience. Stay focused on the 95 percent. So I get it. If we're looking at the enthusiasm that Trump has created through his rallies, the enthusiasm that Trump has created through movements like the expanded efforts of the RNHA, which started under George H.W. Bush a million years ago, late 80s, the Republican National Hispanic Assembly, RNHA, and they do a great job. Big shout to Betty Cardenas. There's so much enthusiasm there, and they've birthed a new movement, Bienvenido, and they're reaching young people. When you look at the enthusiasm infused by Donald Trump, El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States. And you see movements like the Lexit movement and our brother Jesse Holguin, who was on the show recently. 
and you look at all of these Puerto Ricans and Cubans and all sorts of Hispanics across the country. They recently met in Houston, but they have had rallies in San Diego. I mean, they're all over. And you see that excitement and you think they're representative. If we use my talk radio analogy, they are representative of only about 5% of the enthusiasm of the entire country. Then let me tell you, Trump is doing pretty good heading into November. Now, you never want to take any election for granted. But the truth is, the silent majority has gotten bigger. Some of them have become less silent and more vocal. And that's why the left has become more vocal and more violent. But they're not going to win unless we let them. It's literally up to us. Now's not the time for us to take our foot off of the gas. Now is the time for us to read more than we've ever read before so we can understand the issues. So we can know what Marxism is and what its roots are and where who informed Marx. What were their thoughts? What was their uh, philosophical underpinning? Who informed the founders? What informs us? What is our worldview? It's time for us to take that individual self-inventory and stop being on the sidelines and realize we're in the game. And we may not be on the front line right now, but as that front line erodes, it's going to be our turn soon. And we better be ready for the front line when that time comes. Because make no mistake, the battle is roaring, in my opinion, on four fronts. I talk about three of them all the time. The fourth one is a tough one. Any classroom, public, private, college, kindergarten, you name it. I can't stress it enough. If it's a classroom, it's been taken under siege by someone that was trained in a Marxist indoctrination mill, a.k.a. a college or university, where they taught Howard Zinn and how America's so evil because it colonized. And because of the sins of the past, we can never, ever, truly ever be free. We can never, ever, truly be unfor- uh, forgiven. Excuse me. We must pay the price for the dark, bad things that we did hundreds of years ago because somebody said so. I think the New York Times, right? The New York Times has said, We've got to make amends for this forever. 40 acres and a mule, we've got to do that forever. We have to hang our heads in shame, put on our sackcloth and beat ourselves forever. No way, man. Come on. Redlining is a thing of the past. It's over. The transatlantic slave trade is over. The school to prison pipeline isn't exactly as it's painted to be. And I say that because... The classroom's been hijacked. If you've hijacked the classroom and you don't do anything to stop the oppression that happens due to poverty permeating public housing, then you're perpetuating the oppression. And it's irrespective of race because it happens to, to white people just the same as it happens to black people. It may happen disproportionately, but last I checked, nothing is supposed to happen proportionately. The idea that we should have, oh, look, we got a white Irish and we got an Italian white and we've got to get, we need a white from like uh, the Netherlands. Make sure we get that. Check, check, check. We need a a Dominican Hispanic. We need a Puerto Rican Hispanic. We need a Cuban Hispanic. We need a Venezuelan, somebody else from South America. Maybe we can get a Brazilian. It doesn't work that way. It's about merit. You get the job that you work for. You work hard. Now, are there people that are douchebags in life? Of course there are. Are there going to be racist? Yes. Does that mean the entire system, the entire company, the entire institution is racist against a particular people group because of the color of their skin? Hell no. It doesn't mean that. And this is why I constantly say, and I disagree with the idea that there is systemic 
racism. I don't agree with that. I just don't. But maybe I'm wrong. So let me know. At Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on Parlor, at Rich Valdez on Instagram. Get at me on Facebook. We're everywhere. Keep it locked right here. When we come back, I want to wrap this up. And I got one more thing I want to share with you. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. We're still here. And I want to break one more thing down to you, which is today's hearings. They're not over, but we have a couple of snippets of audio. I want you to listen to the Attorney General... William Barr telling Representative Matt Gates from Florida that if the government allows the Portland federal building to be destroyed, there's no doubt that the violence will spread. Check this out. And if you did what my Democrat colleagues were asking, if you merely abandoned that federal property, allowed it to be overrun, allowed the people inside to be harmed, is it your view then that Antifa and other violent people engaged in these acts would simply stop, would simply accept that as their sole victory? Or is it your expert opinion, having dealt with a number of law enforcement and criminal cases in your legal career, that, that they wouldn't stop, that they would go to the next town, to the next community, and potentially inspire more violence? There's no doubt in my mind that it would spread. And, and what comfort can you give Americans in my district and around the country that, that you will stop this, that you will stop the burning and destruction of federal property and that you will that you will give confidence to regular Americans that they can go out in the streets without the risk of this terrorism? Well, as you can see in, in Portland, we have uh, a relatively small number of, of federal officers who have been withstanding this for almost two months. Uh, it's a great strain. Well, you're damn right, of course. When you don't check bad behavior, that's what happens. There has to be a consequence for bad behavior. I feel silly even saying that. Of course we don't do the wrong thing. But when we do, we have to expect to be punished. If not, people will think, well, that's just how you correct the system. You go and you beat up the cops and the cops are beating up on people. You know, police brutality, give them a taste of their own medicine. Or one person wrote to me on Facebook, my comment was, protesters don't start fires, arsonists do. And it linked to an article about the torching of a federal courthouse. And someone commented saying, this is what you get when you have so many bad choices or judgments that came out of that building. So in effect, you punish the building because you disagree with it. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, hold up a second. So when I disagree, I can just now just start torching stuff. That's how it works now. That's the new rule. If I disagree with anything, I don't like my homeowner's tax. I should just, go. this is literally the definition of anarchy. And I guess if you didn't know what anarchy was before, it's okay now because they've explained it in the context of race. So now it's okay. It's okay if we don't like, oh, I don't like the haircut you gave me. Let me go blow up your barbershop. I don't like your lawn sign and who you're voting for, for elected office. I'm going to blow up your house. It doesn't work that way. You're not allowed to do that. I can't believe I'm even saying these things. But I'm hoping that somebody who is in opposition to my viewpoint is listening to this right now because so many of you listeners, and I got to thank you for, for doing this, share this podcast with their friends, with young people. We have such a great growth going on right now in the 18 to 24 demographic, and I'm really grateful for it. And we've always done well in the demographics beyond that. But I have to thank each and every one of you for the reviews that you put on Apple, the reviews that you put on Android, the five-star ratings. 
the retweets, the shares, when you text it to your friends, because people tell me, they call the show and they said, a friend of mine texted me, told me that, you know, you have a live show on Saturday or that you have a podcast. And it really humbles me because I realized through a conversation I had with somebody the other day that I've been doing this stuff for quite a while and not everybody else has. And when I say not everybody else, I mean you, the listener. So I do realize that things that seem commonsensical to me and may be commonplace to me are things that you may not have really experienced because you were busy living your life, taking care of your family, doing you. So when I realized that, yeah, when I worked in Trenton in the Chris Christie administration, I saw what it was like to be in the swamp. It's called the swamp back then. I just called it the administrative state because these people really run the show, irrespective of who's elected. And I learned that at the state level. I can only imagine how much more entrenched they are in Washington. I can only imagine how much of an attack there is on President Trump daily. It would not shock me in the least if they were ever to declassify the Secret Service reports of how many times they've probably made attempts on the president's life. Because there's a lot of people cashing in on the government. The federal government is a cash cow to many in industry. In fact, even foreign countries benefit. Last December, I filled in for the Mark Levin Show, and I spoke about how certain think tanks in Washington receive a good portion of their funding from the quote-unquote tourism bureaus of countries in different places, sometimes not very friendly countries. And what they do in effect is they create friendly media for these countries and say, oh, so such and such country is terrific this time of year. They're really nice. This is their tourism guy, and this is their ambassador so-and-so, and it's a great place to do business, and U.S. companies should go check them out. Meanwhile, they're enemies of the United States, or they're more than happy to collaborate with enemies of the United States. The propaganda game is real. It's real overseas, and it's real in the United States. And the reason you can't really blame it on Trump is because he's not on the airwaves every single day. The media puts him out there every day, and they may come at him with a question, but he keeps his comments brief. Other than the coronavirus updates a couple of months ago, which were like 90 minutes long, he usually keeps it real tight, 20, 30 minutes, and he's out. Usually faster than that if it's one of those uh, quick press gaggles outside of the Marine One chopper. Now, give the president microphone and a rally, an arena filled with tens of thousands of people. That's a different story. That's when he's in his true glory. But my point is, we can't always believe everything we hear from the media. They're literally masquerading around as objective journalists when they're really partisan activists. Let me take this moment right now to tell you, I am a partisan activist, not necessarily for the Republican Party, but definitely for the conservative movement, definitely for the liberty movement, for constitutional conservatives that believe in limited government and believe that we should stick by federalism, stick by the Constitution. States should have their own rights. I'm with that all day. And I guess you could call me a radical libertarian when it comes to issues like the Second Amendment. So I believe if they could have it, I could have it too. Minus maybe nukes. I don't need nukes. I don't think the government's going to nuke me. I think that's more for a foreign enemy because of the level of damage that that could cause. But outside of that, yes, I'm crazy enough to put a tank in my garage. That's all I got for today. Hasta la próxima, America. Until the next time, I'll leave you with the words of wisdom from Hamilton. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And words echoed by Lord Acton and others. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to sit there and do nothing. So let that one sink in. Get up and do something. I'm Rich Valdez. 
and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.